Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Doing the Thing podcast. And listen, we, um, by the way, joined by Jason, my co-host, as always. Hey, Jason. Hey, man. Howdy. Howdy. Hey, you know, we're all coming into this magical time of year, and I'm not referring to the one that happens on December 25th. I'm actually referring to the one that happens between the last day of December this year and the first day of the next year, because we all know what happens, right? We get a little tipsy. We kiss or hug the people we care about most. We wake up the next day, possibly with a little hangover, and then we get a piece of paper or digital notepad, and we draft out all the things we're going to massively change in this new year. Usually it sounds like this. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to exercise five times a week. I'm going to do whatever, whatever, right? And then we all know how that ends. We join gyms, right? Um, By mid-February, we don't go to the gym as often as we used to. By March, we don't even know what the gym is called, (laughs) right? Um, Yeah, right. So, you know, today's session is about motivation, and I wanted to real quickly share a story because it illustrates the power of incremental, the aggregation of marginal change, and the powerful impact that can have over time. And that's really how I think we want to be viewing the world uh, and viewing our goals, right? So... The British cycling team, the last time that they had won a gold medal before Dave Brailsford joined as performance enhancement coach in 2003, the last time they won a gold medal was in 1908, almost 100 years prior. Wow. In the 110 years that they participated in the Tour de France, they never won. They never placed. They were so bad, and this is true, they were so bad that a major bicycle manufacturer refused to let them use their equipment because they felt it would hurt their sales. <laughs> so, That's funny. Um, That's a yeah, kick so, in the, you know, right? right? <laughs> so, you know, Dave Brailsford joins the organization in 2003 with the philosophy of aggregating marginal gains, focusing on all the things that contribute to cycling from start to finish, and just looking for ways to improve each of those things by just 1%. Here's some things that he did, and these are amongst the hundreds that he did. Um, Found the most comfortable bike seats, began rubbing alcohol on, uh, putting rubbing alcohol on the tires for better traction. He bought electronic or electrically heated undergarments for the team. He used biofeedback technology, he tested clothing and wind tunnels to find which was the most, um, what do you call it, aerodynamic. Um, tested massage gels to find out which one led to the quickest recovery. Even hired a wow. surgeon to teach the team how to wash their hands in the best manner to avoid germs. You know, these and a hundred other changes, even painting the inside of the trucks that carried the bikes, painted them white, so that they could easily spot dust that could fall into the bikes and affect the gearing and the the chains and everything. So you probably know, but guess what happened? They proved a lot. Maybe they even won. (laughs) Maybe they they set 178 world cycling records between 2007 and 2017. Maybe they won 66 Olympic and Paralympic gold medals. And maybe they won five Tour de France. That's incredible. Wow. It's those little things. They they add up for sure. 
You know, I remember when I was um, a swimmer in high school, you know, I was uh, making pretty good times with just my suit on and my goggles. Then I was making better time with the swim cap on. And then, <laughs> then we got a little serious. We started shaving my arms and my legs, and they were knocking off fractions of seconds, which they all those fractions of seconds, they add up to eventually you got full seconds, you know, and then maybe full minutes in some cases in the longer races. And it just, to, to that point, they completely add up. But also what I heard on that is they also professionalized a little bit. You know, maybe maybe they were putting those bikes in a dumpy old van or something and coming out and they're untangling chains and everybody's handlebars and stuff like that. And things are all banged up. I could just see it. I could just totally see it. And, and then when you professionalize things a little bit, take a little bit better care of your equipment and, of course, your cyclists. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, How do we apply that to real life, though? Well, I'm glad you asked, Jason. <laughs> um, you know. When we think about New Year's resolutions, when we think about changes that we want to make in our own lives, we tend to think in terms of mountains and valleys. We're on this mountain, we're looking across this huge valley, and we think we should be on the other mountain, right? And we just focus on the gap between those two things. And then we make these bold pronouncements to say, starting tomorrow, I'm not going to eat pizza and I'm going to, you know, lose 10 pounds in two weeks, right? Um, yeah. And as we know that that never works, um, but instead, if you start to break down those large sweeping goals into the 1% changes you can make over time, number one, it's much more sustainable. Number two, it will drive you a lot less crazy to just focus on taking a step as opposed to a hundred mile sprint, <laughs> right? Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, what, is, what does weight loss look like? Because I just came back from Ohio. I probably gained 10 pounds eating pizza every single day I could. Um, so what does that look like? Adding a vegetable to a meal, one meal yeah. a day. Next take week, away one bad item. Take out one bad item, right? These are the little incremental gains. And if we begin to focus on not the large sweeping goal that we have, but breaking it down to its individual components and just get really good at 1%. And when we get that 1%, Think about what the next 1% looks like. And everything across the chain of that change we want to make, if we improve it by 1%, I guarantee it will aggregate up. Wow, I love that, man. And that that just kind of is like right in alignment with the, that conversation we were having before this. We were just kind of talking about how we can improve some of our processes and stuff like that and trim some of the fat that we have, you know? Mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes you've got to, you know, do a little bit of a triage too. You know, what are you doing all this? There's a lot of extra stuff that people tend to do when they're dieting and they're, they're working out, they're trying to lose weight. You know, they go all in and, and you burn out pretty quickly. You fizzle out when that happens. So, you know, think of it more so, you know, especially on health and fitness and stuff like that, you know, that that's kind of my jam, you know, as a trainer for a long time, but, you know, instead of turning it into this momentous occasion uh, where I'm going to lose this 20 pounds and there's no, no, um, no plan after the fact, why not turn it into a lifestyle of health and wellness? And then you incrementally lose that weight just by nature of your lifestyle changes instead of going full bore into keto or, or some of these other things that just don't make sense for a lot of people. You know, not everybody is, is built for any given diet. Everybody's a little bit different. So go on that little journey and, and kind of figure out what works the best for you too. 
Yeah, I love that. And, you know, the the final thing that I'll say, um, because we had agreed to keep this to about 10 minutes and we want it to be impactful. So I think, you know, this has been a great conversation. Um, but the importance of being kind to yourself, one, and two, giving yourself permission to fail. Here's what that looks like. You've been watching your diet all week. And then on Sunday, by God, there's a frozen pizza in the frozen pizza aisle that's screaming your name and you pick it up. And even though you've been on you know, such a good regimen, you take it home and you eat the entire pizza, which by the way, I've done many times. Me too, guilty. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you have now killed your diet. That just means no. you fell off the wagon one time. Just go yeah. back to it tomorrow and give yourself permission and say, you know what? I earned that pizza and I'm okay that I ate it. I'm yeah. going back to what I wanted to do in the first place now. Yeah, and, and you know what? You'll probably feel really good on that workout the next day too, because you got a lot of extra calories and carbohydrates going on there. <laughs> so do something big. Do something big. <laughs> awesome, awesome, good stuff, my friend. Well, listen, I think we've covered what we hope to, and hopefully, all of you that are listening got something out of today's session. If you did, you know, send us a message, share it with a friend. But remember, the New Year's is coming up, and it's only the flip of a calendar page. The year is not going to change us. We have to change ourselves. Bam. Well said, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate the story. And everybody else, if you if you appreciated this story and you like this, you know what to do. Like, share, share with a friend, talk about us. Uh, that's the only way we're going to grow. Thanks again. Thanks, everybody.